0: Asia Tech Podcast, voice of the Asian tech ecosystem.
1: All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Cross Border Kyle. I'm joined with one of my greatest friends in the entire world uh, who, who, who comes from the region of Europe and resides in the country of China, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Yan, also known as your China guy. Hey everybody,
0: what's up?
1: <laughs> I felt I had to give like a. I feel like I had to give a fun intro. I couldn't just be boring right, it I had was good intro
0: it was good intro. you know you can just say that I'm from Czech Republic you know I'm not ashamed of that fact.
1: <laughs> I, I know I know I wanted to just like really get the big borders and then we're gonna dive deep. <laughs> We're going that Let's level. Let's dive
0: in. Let's dive in, man. I'm super pumped, you know? It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man.
1: Dude, this is an honor. I mean, I'm on I'm on the podcast, the greatest podcast of all time, by the way. I'm on the okay. podcast with your China guy. I mean... Oh, my
0: gosh, right? It doesn't happen that often, man. It doesn't. It doesn't happen that often. It doesn't.
1: Know? But we're here now. <laughs> so, what is your china guy or my china guy what are you up to what is going on what's new in the world
0: yeah so uh you know as you said i live in china right now and uh i right now right this second i'm in shanghai uh i'm actually sitting in a co-working space called people squared which is uh I think, you know, to my knowledge and from my experience, one of the best places for entrepreneurs in China because they're extremely international, extremely helpful, extremely well-connected in China and all over the world. So, you know, I sit here, I work on a couple of projects. Of course, one of the biggest projects that you know about is Startup Grind. We're growing the largest community of entrepreneurs or for entrepreneurs in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm in China and I'm trying to figure out how we can really grow even more than uh, we have grown in the past like six eight 12 months you know and so i'm extremely excited because i'm working with some of the best people in the world and i know people like kyle you know so i i couldn't be more pumped you know like i think i think there's nothing better in the world to do at this point asia tech podcast
1: find out more at atp.show
0: Dude, I've got to
1: ask, because I do know your history about Startup Grind, but the listeners may not. And I think one of the coolest things is what you've been able to do legitimately with Startup Grind in China and in Asia. I mean, Startup Grind is one of, I think it's the actual largest startup um, event or event series in the world. It's phenomenal. Um, But you have kind of led its expansion throughout China. I mean you started with what zero and how many chapters do you have now
0: yeah so when i got here i got to china around three and a half years ago uh and uh when i started working with startup brand which is around three years ago because i first started as a volunteer in shenzhen uh which is the place that i really like and i actually spend most of my time uh and i would say i still live there you know i'm in shanghai now just for a couple of weeks actually i'm not really moving to shanghai at this point so I would say I still live in Shenzhen and it's really the place that I really, really like. Uh, but yeah, I started volunteering for Startup Grind uh, in Shenzhen in that amazing city. And uh, uh, we had, I think we had like three or four chapters that were active when I got uh, on board because we had Shenzhen and we had uh, Shanghai and we had Guangzhou and, and we had maybe one more or two cities. But, but right now we have 25 and we're growing Good into gosh. universities as well. Uh, So, uh, you know, for example, our Beijing chapter is totally crushing it. Uh, You know, I'm now actually writing an article about that story because that's that's phenomenal. You know, like like we didn't do much in Beijing, let's say maybe eight months ago or six months ago. And now we are able to host six events per month. And some of those events are at some of the biggest universities in Beijing. And they're completely packed uh, with people, with students and with you know just individuals that are interested in entrepreneurship you know and that's exactly what we're all about like like we want to educate people we want to inspire people and we want to show them what's possible when you connect with the right people you know and so that's that's what our community is all about
1: so community is such a strong word and we we've spoken countless hours in in yes. Shenzhen about and and while we travel the world about community and how to develop a community and what it means and it's been, I would argue, it's a unique process in China and specifically right yes. now because of all that's happening. What have you done or what have you seen happen with the community in China and specific to Startup Grind? I mean, you go from three to four chapters to over 25. I mean, how did you develop that community? What What was going Man. on to yeah. make that happen? You
0: know, it's a good question. And honestly speaking, uh, you know, I'm not an expert. I never say that I'm an expert and I learn every single day. And, you know, I still think about it, right? Like sometimes I just stop and I look back and I'm trying to deconstruct of, you know, like the things that we have done, what worked, what didn't. And, and honestly speaking, there are certain things that, that even I don't understand, you know, because in China, there's just so many different variables that come into play and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, I think that. The basics are the same everywhere, you know, like community is about people. And you need to you need to be able to to basically, you know, give opportunity to people, support them, be there for them, you know, and like do it every single day. Right. Like like there is no shortcut uh, to building a community like like some people think it is. Some people try to throw some money on some events and they think they're going to build a community around their co-working space or around their accelerator. It just doesn't work. You know, like you really need to be there. You need to pick the right people. That's for sure. You know, you need to spend time with those people because sometimes you need to educate them on your values of the company and of the community. And and you really need to be strict about those things, because if people are not able to understand or follow your values, the values that your company or community stands for, then it will never work and they might actually ruin the community for you in that specific city. And so so yes, you need to be very strict in terms of picking the right people. You need to go out there, you need to find those people because sometimes they're hard to find or sometimes they're not going to reach out to you just, you know, organically, you know, sometimes you just need to, you know, go speak, connect with people, uh, ask your friends, "Hey, do you know somebody who would be a great fit for us from your experience with them and stuff like that?" And and you need to be doing it every single day. Sometimes people Will not have so much time uh, because they are busy with their businesses and they're busy with anything else. But I believe if you can support them, uh, you know, to be successful with what they do in their like daily lives, and you show them that there is a value for them to be part of this part of this community, then they will actually keep doing a great job and they will keep expanding and keep doing the things we want them to do. You know, and and this is what we have seen everywhere in the world, and so. That's what I believe in, you know, just picking the right people and really providing value every single day.
1: And you've done an incredible job of that. I mean, I've I've been, I would say, blessed or, or honored to not just work with you, but the entire team throughout um, uh, certain cities in China uh, on the Startup Grind side. And it's just, it's amazing. They're amazing, man. They are. I, I mean, a quick shout out to the Startup Grind team in, in China, but also Startup Grind teams everywhere. Um, of course you guys have done a phenomenal job but you in particular i'm going to give you the credit for this moment for, for a second <laughs> because when it comes to man, i want to give
0: i want to give all the credit to our teams you know like yes i'm here i might you know you might say that i am i'm driving it and i'm like spearheading this and and it might be true to some extent but but man like those teams on the ground are doing the hard work you know like there are hosting events every single month and you know, I'm grateful for them and grateful for people like you that are here to help us and bring speakers and bring people, you know, to China that are gonna bring value to the entrepreneurs in China. So so man, it's 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 people, it's community, you know. It's literally many people involved, not just me, man. But I appreciate it. And and
1: well and I just thought of I just was reminded of a funny story from one of our Shenzhen events, which we'll we'll talk about <laughs> later. But um uh, I you know, I, I appreciate that in return and and, and what I um why I am pointing to you in credit um, is what you did in Shenzhen when I first got there. Um, You know, when, with the city of Shenzhen, there, there wasn't a lot of activity, but there was starting to become a lot of activity and there was only a handful of people. And you were one of those in the early days of having their hands kind of in the pulse of everything that was going on and being incredibly open and welcoming uh unlike many others in other cities around the world and like you you, i'm giving you that credit so take it Um, (laughs) thank you man and and with that like where where do you see the shenzhen community today i mean china has communities Mm -hmm. arguably all around the country each are different let's start with shenzhen what are you seeing happening in the shenzhen community around startups around uh entrepreneurship what's the pulse and then i want to hear about shanghai too
0: yeah man i'm excited about shenzhen so you know as you said when i first uh when i first started doing events and and building the community in shenzhen there was not many things happening and it's not that there was nothing there was a lot of things on the china side right on the local chinese side there was a lot of events and stuff like that uh that maybe i don't even know about you know because like we we cannot keep track of everything that is happening in the ecosystem it's just impossible uh But when it comes to the international ecosystem and really, you know, connecting the dots between the rest of the world and China and, you know, companies, big companies and smaller companies and startups and getting them involved with our events, you know, it was not really there because, you know, in China, it's just a little bit different compared to Silicon Valley or compared to some other ecosystems where, you know, they're, they're built all around sharing and people want to come. And share and, and you know, very successful founders will come to our conference in Silicon Valley and they will speak and they will spend two hours with the founders answering questions and stuff that doesn't really happen in China in general. You know, like it's very rare that you can go to an event that doesn't cost a fortune, that is not a VIP only, and you can connect with a really successful founder, both either Chinese or international in China, you know? And so so that's something that is hopefully going to change. And we're trying to do our part in terms of really like from time to time, sometimes like get speakers or get people from Silicon Valley coming to China, doing business in China to basically share experiences with people and to educate them, inspire them and stuff like that. So so it's slowly changing, but it's not there yet, honestly speaking. Like uh, when you asked me about Shenzhen, Shenzhen is a very interesting place because it's extremely developed city. And you know it because you have been there, you have spent some time there, and uh, you know, it's there's a lot of skyscrapers and a lot of huge An companies, insane like amount Tencent, of skyscrapers. So many right? skyscrapers. Like, yes, right. <laughs> and, and Tencent and Huawei and like, all of these big companies, there are multi-billion dollar companies, almost like half trillion dollar companies, or maybe there are already, uh, as we speak. And and, and basically, you know, uh, it's a huge city. It's a developed city, but when it comes to the community, like there is still so much to be done, you know, even compared to Shanghai, you asked me or you said, like, let's talk about Shanghai a little bit. Like, like, yeah, Shanghai is much more developed in terms of the community because there is many more, uh, international communities that are very active, be it TEDx or be it Singularity University or, or be it, you know, some, some other like universities, like for example, there's like University of New York here. They're very active as well. And you know, like these things don't really happen in Shenzhen yet, you know. And so we need to build it. And and I think it's a really exciting time to be in China and Shenzhen now because they have money, they have the attention. Everybody wants to learn about Shenzhen, and everybody wants to go to Shenzhen to visit. And so now somebody needs to connect the dots. Now somebody needs to grab that opportunity and really like make something happen, you know. And I believe that the team that we have in Shenzhen can do that, or can at least contribute like a lot to that.
1: So why do you think that stuff's not uh, in Shenzhen yet? Because I remember when I, I being a part of, actually, this group of trying to bring TEDx to Shenzhen, and you've got a city, Shenzhen, which has an enormous yes. asterisk next to the amount of population, right? We, yes. we don't know if it's 10 million, 14, 20, 30, no one really knows. <laughs> we'll call it 20 million. Right. You've got a right. city. The area is spread out like Los Angeles. You've got multiple uh, city centers and uh, all, all different points that make up almost in its own entire country. But yet, yeah. there's these things like you're talking about where we've got you know TEDx or, or those types of communities are not yet down there, and it's so close to Hong Kong. Like, why do you think that is?
0: Yeah, because you know Shenzhen. Uh, it's a city that didn't exist 30 years ago, right? Or 35 years ago. And that's the story that everybody knows probably somebody or many people that are listening to this podcast. They already know this thing because everybody talks about Shenzhen and how it was a fisherman village and, and stuff like that, you know? So, so that's, that's one thing. The second thing is that it used to be a manufacturing city and it still is, right? Like, like when it comes to hardware companies, uh, Shenzhen is known as the place to be or, you know, the place where every single hardware company that wants to scale globally needs to be at some point, Without you know, question. in the development, yeah. in the development of their company, right? And you know it, like you're, you're the hardware IoT guy, you know, like you have ran uh, accelerators all over the world, and so you know that changing is really, really important part of the equation, right? And so you know, when you think about it, like hardware, like hardware is not sexy, right? To 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 some extent, right? Like you need to go to the factory. <laughs> You know, you need to go to the factory and you need to find, you know, the, the, the right suppliers and, you know, like go to the Huachan Bay, which is not the sexiest place in the world. You know, too many people. I kind of hate that place, honestly, speaking after spending some time there, you know, because it's always bargaining with people and fighting with people over price. You know, it's Dude, really did, not. Did I
1: ever know, real quick? Did I ever tell you about the time I went there? And I went to get no, one, one you part. Need to tell me, man. All right, all right. So quick, quick side story. So when when I when <laughs> I was there uh, one one trip, I needed something from the market, and I could only find it in yes. the market um, because JD and a few others couldn't get it to me fast enough. So I take a train from Nanshan all the way over, I get there, I go through two major stores and finally find this part after like an hour and a half of searching. I'm like okay cool, I do my negotiation, have some fun, everyone laughs, I pay for it, um, and then head back. I go plug in the device, doesn't work, <laughs> and it's got a tiny little little CD as, with drivers, and I'm like, I don't even have a CD player. How does this work? Uh, so I, I go back. So now I'm on the train, round two, and I tell a person oh my like, gosh. Hey, this is broken. Like, can you exchange it? So they exchange it. I go back, same problem. This time I had gotten a second one just in case as a backup. That one didn't work. So I go back for a third trip and everyone's looking at me like I am just a crazy guy because I've now brought back two products that quote unquote don't work. They test them. They're like, well, maybe this doesn't work. So they, one guy runs in the back, disappears for 30 minutes as it's pouring down rain, which we all know, you know Shenzhen are just... Southeast Asian rains are never the best to be in, and all of a sudden he comes back and there's one this this cord now has looks like it's been cracked open, and and it what 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 had happened was is that they they found there was an issue with it, so they 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 opened it, reconnected everything, put it back together, and handed it to me. And you know what? It worked. Worked. Yes, man. (laughs) Worked the hustle. So anyways, I I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's yeah, that's a it's just a funny thing how, how that area is just, Bay.
0: That's watch on Bay. And like, definitely you should do a podcast just about that because it's such an interesting place. I said, I hate it because I, I basically had to go there almost every single day when I was running my first business, which was the e-commerce business selling, you know, Xiaomi products and accessories to, to Europe, you know, from China. So I kind of like, I, I developed not really great relationship with that place, but, but it's still a place to visit and, and place to see, you know, and, and, you know, going back to, to the community, why I think it's not there yet is really like, you know, first of all, the history of the city is not that that huge. And so, you know, there is there is still not so many people from all over the world, like residing in Shenzhen and and building communities and building companies. Many people just see Shenzhen as like, hey, I go there. I develop my company. I And I now I'm talking about the international uh, community. Like like I go there, uh, you know. Living in China is hard. I will probably not stay there for a long time. I will just develop my company and I will go back and I will go back to Silicon Valley and run my company from Silicon Valley and I will just be manufacturing stuff in Shenzhen, right? Like yep. like I think that's how it or, or historically was. And and it's still like that partially, but now it's changing because now people realize there is a huge opportunity to be in China. And Shenzhen is one of the best places to live in terms of environment, in terms of The opportunities and yes it's close to Hong Kong so it's probably easier to live there because if you kind of like get tired of China which sometimes can happen because it's overwhelming it's challenging (laughs) and we we have all been there so you can very easily escape you know quote-unquote escape to Hong Kong and go for a hike and whatever so you know like I think it's changing but but there is still not so many international companies there is not so many international people really like living there. And that's why the community is not there yet. That's why you don't see uh, so many TEDx events, even though, again, it's changing, you know, like there's so many Chinese friends, uh, Chinese friends of mine that are now trying to push and they're bringing these communities there and Fuck Up Nights and and TEDx and of course Startup Grind and all of these things are happening slowly and and you see the energy is there. So I am very confident this is going to change and Shenzhen is going to catch up with all the other cities in China and all over the world. And maybe uh, it's gonna take over, uh, but uh, you know, it just takes time to develop community. You know that it doesn't take one year; it takes years, and you need to have more people that are willing to give first. You know, like like that's another thing that we can talk about. You know, because I don't want to like just talk, 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 talk. But but like you know it, you know you know it from 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 your experience of building communities. Like you need to have people that are willing to sacrifice some of their free time for others and for the community, because otherwise it doesn't happen absolutely Easy. absolutely
1: i mean yeah. we're, we're very lucky that we have very good friends in the city um and yes. we also have hong kong so because yes. hong kong is that transit city it's now easier to get into uh shenzhen regardless if you have a, a passport because they have them on demand True. in some cases so True. we've been very lucky i mean you and i <laughs> we we were able to bring some really cool people uh over there uh you know i I'm going to have him on the show soon so we can tease him a little bit and I'll tease him more. And, you know, Chris Saad, um, you know, who, who formerly worked yeah. with, with Uber and, and came from the Valley. Um, you know, we had him over and it's just, it's phenomenal to see, to your point, the Shenzhen becoming kind of a, an epicenter or, or even a beacon uh, of a place to be, um, versus somewhere to kind of avoid or, or trans, you know, kind of be transient of, I'm just here to do my thing and I'm out. Instead, people are going there and they are staying and they're giving back. Yeah. Right? They're coming to yeah. speak at a startup grind event or they're coming to meet um exactly. you know, not with just you but with 10 or 15 other people uh, and trying to give back yeah. and share some of that knowledge.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so we just need more people, you know, we just need more people that are willing to give back or willing to give first because, you know, and you know it again like uh I don't want to complain about anything because I love what I do and of course sometimes it can get harder but like you know you cannot do everything yourself like that's impossible you know like like yes I have a lot of people reaching out to me all the time and they're asking me hey can you introduce me to five people here and can you help me with this and you know can you arrange this and do event here like you know I would love to help everybody but you cannot because like you have things to do. You need to focus on the progress of the company and of the progress of yourself. Because if you don't do that, then you're not going to be like eventually you're not even going to be, you know, attractive for those people to reach out to you at the first place. And so, you know, you need to focus on your stuff most of the time. And so you can only help so much. And that's why, you know, even Startup Ryan and what I am personally trying to do is like. I'm trying to empower people in our team and like, you know, give them access to all the people around me so that they can do the stuff that I cannot do. And we can scale it, you know, and we can have 10, 15, 20 people that have exactly the same mindset that want to help build that ecosystem. And they can be those connectors, you know, because like I love when people call me like, hey, Jan, you know, everybody, you're the super connector, but it's not scalable. You know, like I cannot like possibly help and connect everybody in the world, you know? And so I love doing it. I will keep doing it no matter what, no matter what I do in the future. But, you know, really it's about giving this kind of like, you know, opportunity to others as well and work with them, educate them and, you know, scale this thing.
1: Well, and we've got LinkedIn, you know, if you want to, if you really want to connect with everybody and anybody go to LinkedIn, but if you want to build real relationships, you know, find those few targeted people and, you know, who, uh, who you can be connected through and, and give back for that connection. I mean, I've seen you put a lot of time and effort in. You've brought some uh, amazing people to the region, but in the reverse, you've given back, you've helped make connections, but you don't burn yourself out. Um, yeah. you, you, bought, you brought one one person in particular um, to Hong Kong, and you did a lot with them <laughs> and uh, with the community around uh, and that's you know Mr. Mr. Gary V. Uh, Gary Vanderchuck. Yeah. Um, right. But even that, I mean, I think you did a phenomenal job of of helping open the eyes of of someone of that caliber to what was going on in Asia and what's happening in the communities and how the communities work and um, it's phenomenal. But um, I gotta ask because I have it in my show notes. And I've always let's wanted to know, even though I know the answer. But let's ask the rest to let's give it to the listeners. <laughs> Why? How did you come up with the name "Your China Guy"? Because it's everything. <laughs> it's your social media. It's your nickname. If we had a, I love it. Because uh, the World Cup's on right now. If you had a football jersey, it would 100% say "Your China Guy." Where did it come from? Of
0: course, man. Of course, uh, it's very funny story. You know, like I, I, you know. I learned so many things, you know, through meeting the people that you just mentioned and spending some time and like, you know, I, I, of course, like I, when I was in in high school, when I before I came to China, I was never like a branding kind of guy, you know, like I was never like super active on social media and this. But like through my experiences, I learned that's really, really good medium to to be, you know, to be basically scaling yourself and to be scaling the impact that, uh, you know me, myself, or our organization can have uh, on entrepreneurs all around the world. And so I started doing that, you know, and I, I was always posting about China, you know, and about like, you know, sharing my experiences living in China, Shenzhen and this. And, you know, I remember, you know, I don't know exactly when right now. I don't remember the date, but I remember that some of my friends, you know, they came to me and they were like, hey, you're my China guy. Like, you're always posting about China, like, you know, this and that. And like, I was like, yeah, that's cool, you know. And so I started thinking about it. And then I was like, hey, I should rebrand myself. Like, I need to make sure that people know who I am, what I stand for, what I focus on. And then, you know, I was like, hey, somebody called me your China guy or the China guy or my China guy, my China man, whatever. And I was like, hey, that's cool. Let's do it, you know. So it wasn't (laughs) that I really I really I didn't really come up with it myself. It was like I heard that from people, you know, that were close to me and that were like, you know, referring to me as that guy. And so I said, okay, let's make it, let's make it real. You know, I like that. It's cool. It's easy to remember, you know, and always like Gary always talks about those things. You know, like you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, like he always talks about branding and personal brand. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. And let's see what's going to happen. <laughs>
1: I, I love it. Well, the good news is everyone can find you at your China guy on all social media, which is good uh, and exciting. Yes. But um, dude, what's, where is China going? Um, I mean, you're you're bouncing man, up and it's down. It's a tough
0: question, man. Yeah, That's you're a tough all, question.
1: And I know you're all over China. We won't get into the specifics, but I know you're all throughout the country right now. You yes. you were just in London, if I'm correct. Um yes. A couple months ago, give or take, you were in San Francisco. Um, so yes. You have been traveling globally. But you're spending a lot of time in China and you're going to be there for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where is this all going? Where is China? Where do we go from here?
0: You know, uh, the venture markets are taking off, startups are... Where does this go? Yeah, man. Like, it's it's a very tough question, honestly. I think this is a question that we could talk about and we could, we could uh, discuss this for hours, you know? And I think we'll never going to come to the conclusion, you know, like where it's going, you know, like, like making predictions in China, it's like extremely hard because, you know, it, you know, it, you know, maybe even better than, than myself, because you have been, you have been involved with venture capital and with, with these things for much longer than I, uh, that I've been, but, but basically, you know, China, from my perspective, uh, if somebody asked me about China and my, uh, opinion where like why people should be interested or why, you know, China matters is, is really like, like China is kind of taking over the attention, right? Or Asia Mm -hmm. is kind of taking over the attention and not Mm -hmm. entirely. I would not say that it's like number one thing. If you go to Google trends, probably not whatever, but like, you know, there is a lot of things happening. Many people talk about China. Many people that never talked about China before, they started talking about China, be it about politics, be it about venture capital, innovation, investments, cross-border, Alibaba, Tencent. Like, like there is a lot of things that are happening in China, you know. And, you know, when you look at the numbers, China is one of the largest countries in the world or maybe still the largest, but – Probably India is going to take over in terms of population very soon, but but China is one of the largest countries in the world, you know, and and it's the second largest economy in the world. Of course, they have so much to catch up on in terms of GDP per capita with the United States and with other countries in the world, but but in terms of you know the scale of the economy, it's it's the second largest economy in the world, and it's probably going to be the largest very soon, you know. And so you know, it's just smart to pay attention to what's going on in China, see how. People react to certain things. You know how consumers behave. What kind of products they want to buy. What kind of products they want to consume. You know what is the difference. You know, like like how they're interacting with with the rest of the world. Like you know, are they using desktop computers? Are they using mobile phones? Are they using something else? Or you know, what are the major you know social media platforms and how they're different compared to the rest of the world because they are different. You know and. And, you know, there are things that are super unique when it comes to China, you know. And and I was just speaking with a friend. She was asking me about a couple of things, you know, because she's from Slovakia. And she was asking me about a couple of things about China. And I I really think it's just smart to pay attention. I'm not saying that everybody should move to China and everybody should (laughs) drop everything what they're doing. And like, hey, China, 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 you know, again. I never say that China is for everybody and China is the best country in the world. I never say that. What I'm trying to say, be practical and spend a little bit more time that you would spend on something else on understanding what's going on in Asia, specifically in China, because Asia is going to be centered around China, at least for some time, you know, because China is driving the investment all, all over all over Asia, be it in India or be it in Southeast Asia. You know, companies like Tencent and Alibaba, they're really going big on kind of like, you know, developing the entire region in terms of the infrastructure and investments and everything. So, you know, just be practical and and spend a little bit more time on that. You know, and it can be a podcast. It can be an article. It can be just hanging out with with people like Kyle and and people that are hosting events that are centered around China. I think it's smart. What do you think, man? Tell me your perspective.
1: Man, I, I I completely agree. I mean, you got to give China a chance, right? Any, yes, yes, any new. I would go as far as say any new emerging market or ecosystem. Uh, you know, you said it earlier in the show: is like nothing is is perfect, and it's it's not going to be a hundred percent right away. It takes time, and with yes. China in particular, because it's so large, so. Many different cities, cultures, uh, industries, people from around the world, you have to give it a chance. If you're one and done with China, you're gonna have the wrong taste in your mouth. If you yeah. continue to give it some time and go there. I mean, we you and I have talked about this as well as like if you're gonna do business in China or you're thinking about it, don't go for a day, don't go for five yes. days. Go for a substantial amount of time. Go for a yes. week or two, then you know come home for a little bit, go back out, do multiple trips, or if you're lucky enough, go stay there for a month. Go stay there for two months. Really get yourself ingrained into what's happening so you understand why it can be important. But to your point, yes. be practical. Don't just go jump in to jump in, because if you jump in, China is not... Yeah. You know, to echo it's, you, hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's not for everybody. It's, hard. it's different ways of doing business. There's so much that goes into it that you will get not right uh, on, your, on your face if you are just not prepared and open and also a part of the community. I mean you have to be a part of this community. You have to be working with people and learning and sharing and, and taking it back or else – I mean, doing China alone, man, I wouldn't do it. I, I would be terrified. <laughs> but doing China with, no, absolutely. with guys like us and our friends that we know throughout the community, and you know, attending startup grind events and you know some of the accelerator programs that are there, like makes you feel gushy. And you know, going to spend a month there, it, it totally changed my perspective the first time I did it, uh, and, and highly recommend it. No, man, it's it's like
0: everything else, right? Like, uh, from my perspective, what I've learned, uh, you know, and I haven't really traveled the world. Like, you know, yeah, in the past couple of years or two years that I've been with Startup Brown, I've been to San Francisco and I've been to, you know, different cities and, like, many people say that I travel so much. But, like, like I, I haven't really been everywhere, you know? And, like, I have so many things to explore and so many other places to explore. But, like, I've learned one thing and, like, traveling and going to places with open mind that you want to learn, that you're humble uh, and you just want to see what's happening without any, you know, judgment, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's really life changing, you know, because I've met so many incredible friends in China, Chinese friends that have helped me a ton and they continue helping me even now. And, you know, you would not expect that because people always say that China people are just going to cheat you know, people are going to screw you over, and companies, and this, and yes, that happens. You know, again, I don't want to say that it doesn't. It happens. I've been in the business, uh, you know, trading business, e-commerce business in China before, and so I've seen things and I've uh, I've experienced my things. So uh, you know, it happens. But at the same time, like it happens everywhere, you know. And so it's not only China. China, it's like just people think that this is the only thing that happens, you know. And I think if you if you really come. Uh, Willing to, willing to learn and willing to help. And you're patient, you know, because yeah, maybe sometimes it's not going to work out on the first try. But uh, if you're patient and if you really care, then something cool is going to happen. I'm telling you, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be a multi-billion dollar business that you're going to build in China, but you're going to gain different perspectives that are going to help you be successful anywhere else in the world. Even if you come back to United States or if you come back to Europe, you know, because, because there's so many things we can learn. Uh, from what these companies and entrepreneurs are doing, you know, from their work ethic, you know, from from how they actually build those companies. you know, and so um, you know this is this is how I look at it. Um, to to basically like maybe get back to your original question, which is like where China is going. as I said, uh, it's it's really, really hard to say because uh, you know there's just so many different variables and especially even politics, and you know it that in China, Things can change basically overnight because uh, the the government will decide okay let's support this and let's not support this or like let's ban ICOs or let's ban blockchain whatever because we don't think it's a good thing for us. So or you know, VPN can access change.
1: or VPN yes. access. One day yes. you have internet, the next day you don't.
0: Exactly right. So so it's very hard to say like where China is going for us for international entrepreneurs. If it's going to be easier for uh, for companies to enter China, if it's going to be harder, you know. There are mixed views, right? Like if you even listen to some of the most successful VCs and most successful entrepreneurs, they will tell you like, yeah, it's going to be easier right now because government supports it and they want talent. Some of them will tell you it's going to be much more difficult because competition is getting much tougher in China. And Chinese entrepreneurs or Chinese companies don't need international talent anymore because they have so many people educated at some of the best universities in the United States and around the world, and they're coming back to China now to build companies, so they don't need international talent anymore. So, you know, there is mixed views, and so I think only time will tell. But, uh, you know, what I feel is really fascinating is that you don't even have to come to China and live in China and dedicate your own life to China to take advantage of the opportunity in China. You know, because there is just so many people that travel every single year you know it's millions and hundreds of millions and it's gonna be bigger in the future these people have money because if they can travel around the world and they can go for a vacation to Silicon Valley or to Cape Town or wherever they have money you know and they're in the middle class and so if you're smart if you're practical you can even take advantage of this China opportunity Without actually moving here and going through the struggle that we have been through and the challenges, the cultural differences and, you know, living in China and breathing the China air, you know, as people say, you know, so, so, (laughs) you know, you just need to listen, you need to observe and you need to be ready for that. What do you think, man? Like, how do you see it in the US? Like, tell me, like you live in San Francisco, like you see a lot of Chinese entrepreneurs and you see a lot of Chinese tourists and people coming there all the time, no?
1: Yeah, I mean tourists for sure. Um, I think the Chinatown in San Francisco may be one of the largest Chinatowns outside of China, if if I'm correct. Yeah. I could be completely wrong on that. Someone told me that <laughs> once, and I've always believed it. So, um, but <laughs> uh, you know, all jokes aside, I, um, I, you're you're spot on. I mean, the amount of people that travel in and out of San Francisco alone globally is is huge. But there's a lot more activity happening from China. There's Chinese corporations coming here. There's to, yes. to have their an outpost. There are Chinese entrepreneurs who are coming here to either look for new opportunities or partnerships funding, which is kind of the flip of what most people are thinking. And there's yeah. innovation centers where you know these large corporates or government entities are kind of fostering innovation. Um, leveraging China tech and resources to what's being built here in the US and um, helping to support those companies who might be able to work across border. Um, But yeah, absolutely. And I was actually going to mention two of our friends um, that we know very well are coming over, I think, next week and are going to be in San San Francisco. And I'm going to have the chance to meet up with them. And it's just what I think people need, need to realize is that we live in a global society when it comes to business and really life in general. Yes. But yes. being in the valley and being in close proximity to, to China, we're very fortunate enough to get a lot of that cross-border traffic. And I, I couldn't disagree. You know, Getting a chance to meet with those entrepreneurs, those investors, those governments, um, it's an opportunity to take advantage of. I mean, we've had government delegates come in who are the top of the top in their cities, respectfully in china just want to meet with entrepreneurs why yeah. wouldn't you want to take that i mean the, the, get the chance to meet the governor of one or the excuse me the mayor of you know one of the top five largest cities in the country and not have to travel of course take advantage of those opportunities so yes. yeah i'm i'm of with course. you but here's the thing i got i gotta tell few, me i got some rapid fire questions for you are you ready let's do it man. lightning round
0: i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> All right, we make ready to own, rock and roll.
1: We make our own sound effects here. We're on a we're on a tight budget. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, we don't need tech. We yeah,
1: don't we don't need, need tech. tech. We're, we're, we're good. <laughs> All of a sudden, Skype shuts down. But uh, <laughs> okay, so first first question: top three pieces of advice for first timers oh. landing in China. I know you know this answer because you've asked you've answered course, it for me before. Of course, of top course. Top three. Go.
0: Uh, yeah, top three. Okay, let me let me think. I'm not sure if it's gonna be in the right order, but basically. Couple of things that that I've mentioned many times already. So, you know, uh, and we talked about it here on this on this podcast already. So, first, learn like study China before you come, right? Like learn, uh, read some books, listen to some podcasts, try to connect with some people on LinkedIn, ask them a couple of questions because it can really save you time. Because there are certain things that you can learn from these things, from these uh, you know resources. And you will not have to go through painful experiences because of that, right? So uh, that's the first one uh, because you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to come here to do that, right? So so that's that's really the number one thing. Uh, the second thing is, um, you know, if you come to China, if you decide to make the move, like drop everything you have ever learned about business and building relationship You know, to some extent, if you have, you know, only been in United States or Europe, because in China and Asia, it works differently, you know, and sometimes you will be surprised and sometimes you will just, you know, you will be confused, you know, by certain things. But but don't let that discourage you and like be very open minded, of course, stay true to your values. Don't change your values just because of China or don't change your perspectives completely but be open and listen and learn and test and and learn and all of these things so repeat that cycle that's that's another thing and the third thing i would say is be patient man because you know it just takes time it takes time to develop a relationship with a chinese friend or with a chinese company or you know like don't rush into things you know what i see as really big mistake uh, people make or companies make in China. Uh, and it can be in terms of hiring. It can be in terms of picking the partner in China. It's like they go too fast, you know, because somebody will tell them like, Hey, we have this, this grant for you. We have this money for you. We have this and you need to take advantage of it now because otherwise it's gone. And they sometimes like say, okay. Like, I think this is my only chance to enter Chinese market, So they go for it without really doing the due diligence, without spending a lot of time with those people. And, you know, that can be really, really bad for their business, potentially, you know, because you never know if you if you have never done anything with those people before. You know, they might not be the right kind of people for you because they are not on the same page with what you're trying to accomplish. And they will promise a lot of things, but they will not deliver for many different reasons or you know I just recently you know one of the examples and I know this is supposed to be rapid fire questions but you know I just want to give you that because I think it's really important is you know I had friends that came to Chengdu and uh, they were supposed to open an later you know and they were relying on the support from the government and they basically you know without much thinking they said okay let's do it you know it's gonna work out and it didn't because the government pulled pulled out from the sponsorship, from the money that they were supposed to get or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they they had to leave China, you know, they're not in China anymore. And, you know, they were so excited after three months, they're gone, you know, and and it's just because they didn't do enough research and they they were just too excited about doing the project in China, but not really doing the groundwork in terms of finding the right partner. And finding the right people that are going to give them the support, you know. And, and I think this is the mistake that people make uh, really often. And, you know, we been very fortunate with Startup Grind that we have been in China or I've been in China for, for more than three years. And we haven't really worked with many people yet on a big scale because we're still testing. We're still trying to see who is the right partner for us. And maybe we're going to make mistakes as well, but I'm trying to make sure that we mitigate that risk as much as we can.
1: Well, and you, you bring up a good point. I mean the thing is too is like you have to do your homework. Whether you're in China, you're yes. in Europe, you're in your home city, your home state, your home country, you have to do your research. Just because someone says they're going to give you the world doesn't necessarily mean, to, mean it's going to happen. And just because exactly. you're in China and, and government says they're going to give you a million dollars, guess what? Just as a uh, corporation would tell you the same thing in the U.S., It's not guaranteed until it's done and in the bank. Yes. And even then, there's still hooks. So we'll we'll we got a whole nother show on that. Um next question. Favorite (laughs) favorite travel hack. It's okay. What's your favorite travel hack? You travel all the time. I know you do. Oh man. What's the what's the one thing you
0: is your favorite hack when you travel? Man, very simple. Very simple thing. So I always talk about jet lag with my friends and I don't know why I am not really that kind of guy that, that suffers from jet lag a lot. And, and I think it's because, you know, uh, it's, it's very, I, I don't know, maybe my body is different, but every time I travel, if it's a long haul, uh, flight, let's say I'm flying to London or I'm flying to San Francisco, I, you know, always like try to sleep a little bit on the plane and I take melatonin. I guess, you know, that thing, you know, it's not really anything. Oh, yeah like super super major it's just like a supplement it's organic supplement that you can you can buy anywhere it's super cheap and I take it like one or two days when I change the time zone especially if it's like a very major difference and uh, uh, if it's a major difference and uh, it works for me you know and like I did the same thing coming back from London and I don't really have jet lag I might be a little bit more tired you know, like the first day, but like, I don't really suffer from jet lag. And I think this is a really big hack for me.
1: All right. Next question. Who's your favorite China unicorn? There's some of the coolest names out there and there's a ton of them. So which one's your favorite?
0: Oh yeah, man. It depends how you define favorite, but I think really cool company that I want to learn a little bit more about is, uh, you know, Totiao or Biden's, you know, the company that basically grew, uh, you know, from, from nothing in 2014 to 30 plus billion dollar uh, valuation now and they're taking on you know they acquired musically and they're taking on you know some of the some of the social media platforms globally they're one of the fastest growing social media platforms in china and globally southeast asia you know i really want to learn more about how they're doing it uh what their algorithm is so good at whatever, because many people, many Chinese friends tell me like it's all about their algorithm, it's all about their data and, you know, like how they're trying to build a business. And so, you know, I think this is a company that we should kind of keep in mind and, and you know, learn more about how they do stuff.
1: Where can someone find more about Startup Grind
0: in China? Very simple. Uh, follow me. <laughs> I share, I share, I don't want to, I don't want to break too much, but I share everything what our teams are doing. Uh, on social media, be it Twitter, be it LinkedIn. Uh, I try to really share everything and, and, and showcase how, you know, our teams are changing the landscape in China. So, you know, I think that's the easiest way how you can follow what we're doing. Second thing, just go to the website, go to startupgrind.com and search for cities. You can, you can go forward slash Shenzhen or Shanghai. Shanghai or beijing and you can basically find all the events and all the activities that we are doing in china on those websites or you know even if you want to connect with our directors and if you want to connect with people that are actually doing the ground work just go to linkedin and search for startup brand beijing and you will find people that are that are with those communities with us in china and i think this is the best way to go about it you going to rise buddy I'm going to go to Rise. We're actually hosting an event. Uh, we're doing a couple of startup Grind events uh, during that week. And I'm also partnering. We're partnering. And actually, this is good pluck. But, you know, uh, if there is anybody who is really, really into community building and who is coming to Hong Kong, let us know, please reach out to me on LinkedIn, reach out to me on Twitter, because we're trying to uh, we partner with Rise uh, and we're going to do some sort of Like a startup ecosystem summit. We're probably not going to call it startup ecosystem summit, but it's going to be about gathering community builders from all around the world. You know, it's going to be invite only event. It's not going to be for thousands of people. It's going to be for 100 people that are just really active, grinding communities and giving, giving first, giving back. And we want them to get together, share best practices and just get to know each other, you know, and we're doing this together with. Sengrit and La French Tech and potentially even tech stars, and we really want to make it great. And so if you want to contribute, or if you want to sponsor, or if you just want to attend, just reach out to me and let's make it happen.
1: Awesome. Well, buddy, I'm gonna see you there because I'm speaking at one of those uh startup grind events. Yes. Uh not my yes. first. It is I am a multi-time <laughs> uh speaker and proud of it at uh at Startup Grind. You are man,
0: but I uh it.
1: dude. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, I appreciate you. Thank you so so much, Jan. We've been wanting to do this. We finally got it in. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights, your brilliance with myself, with the listeners, and just with the world. Uh, thank you for all you do, everybody. Definitely check out Yan. You can find him at Your China Guy uh, anywhere on the web. We'll put it in the show notes so you can get <laughs> in touch with him. Go to StartupGrind.com to find out not just about Startup Grind in China. But anywhere else in the world, Jan, yes. thank you. Thank you again.
0: Man, love you, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I hope people will f- find value in this. And you know, if they have any questions, yes, please do reach out to me. I, I'm, I'm that kind of person that I try and I do reply to almost every single request that I get to my inbox, which is also very simple and I'm very open about my email. It's jan at Startupgrind.com. And uh, also Twitter, LinkedIn, reach out. I do my best to reply to everybody or to as many people as possible. And if there is anything I can do in terms of understanding China better or getting you connected with China, Asia, or our teams all over the world, I'm more than happy to do it. So so don't don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of any help. Awesome, brother. I love you too, man. I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. See ya. Thanks. You've been
1: listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP.show.